0: bury the lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zerati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press music reporter Erin Labar. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Because I like the slight hesitation still. Well,
0: you know, it's only like, what, week three? Yeah. Even though I've been in this job for almost (laughs) four years. Years. Years 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 of my life.
1: Um, Today on the show, we're going to be talking about uh, the Notre Dame fire and kind of the fallout from that yes uh we're also going to be talking about fashion revolution and uh, a series of events that are happening next week in winnipeg and around the world Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact Mm -hmm. and Erin's going to talk about her uh, rekindled love of boy bands
0: first though how was your week it was good. I had one of those weekends where I had just the right amount of stuff planned. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because I tend to either overschedule or underschedule. Not that there is such a thing as underscheduling in my mind. I but you know do, what you mean, you though. You get the stir yeah, yeah. crazies a little bit. Totally, yeah. And because the previous weekend I had been inside because I was sick, so I went out to watch the Jets game with some of my fiancé's friends. Nice. And we went to the movies, to our favorite theater, Landmark Cinema. Hashtag make me an Instagram influencer for you because I love <laughs> you so much. Those reclining chairs, I will never... Uh, I know. It makes any other theater-going experience, whether live or cinematic, seem like I know. shit. <laughs> like, there's no other word for it. Pardon uh, my French. But, like, nothing will ever beat those recliners. I know.
1: this. What I'm about to say is gonna make me sound extremely bougie. So feel free to <laughs> mute or fast forward or I don't how how do podcasts work? Um, but since going to the recliner theater, but also the VIP theater, mm-hmm. I went to a press screening of Isn't it Romantic in February. Right. Which was at Silver City. And I was like, oh my God,
0: how do people see movies here? <laughs> like <laughs> your hips are too wide for the chairs, yeah. your knees touch the one in front of you. I know. It's crap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying these words because your face is so funny. It's you think I'd be saying like the worst swear word in the world the way that your face is right now. Not that there's anything wrong with like
1: your average Silver City like that is fine. But it's hard to go. The point is, it's hard to go back. It's true. Once you've sat true. and watched a movie in a recliner. Although I will say, I have taken off your boots and have gotten like yes, super comfortable. cozy, cross-legged. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, next level cozy.
0: Yeah. I will say, though, and I told you this story, that it was packed. It was a Saturday night, and we were going to see The Missing Link, which is an animated film. So there's tons of kids, which is fine. I have no issue with people bringing their children to see an animated feature. But at Grand Park, they have the um, fill your own drink. Like, you touch the screen, and it fills your cup. I find that so stressful. I haven't been that irritated in a super, super... <laughs> like, I almost lost it to the point where my fiancé was, like, rubbing my back. So road like, rage in person? Yes, because... It's every person in front of me. There's maybe three people in front of me and every single one of them seemingly had five ginormous cups to fill. And I'm like, who are all these drinks for? You're by yourself. And then other people with their children are like, Oh, Sally wants to pick her own drink, but she can't reach the touch screen. And Oh, she pushed the wrong button. Oh, she can't decide which Snapple she wants. (laughs) Like, okay, it's all fine and dandy to let your kids do that kind of stuff. But when you have a line of 40 people behind you who are like going to miss their movie, just fill your kids cup like just fill it and go. I know I'm all about fostering a sense of independence with
1: kids at the right time at the right time. It reminds me of that scene in Sex and the City where Miranda is in the elevator and people keep being like oh no like he likes to push the button and, oh, she's and then like he pushes all the button. yeah yeah and then at the end when she's like I also like to push the button and she,
0: <laughs> that's sometimes how I feel where yeah. it's like you know what but like I almost lost it it's it was we we made it out alive, but I was quite irritated. <laughs> I suffer from choice paralysis, so I find it
1: too much I don't like it and I also feel like people don't know how to line up there, so it's just like this like it's pandemonium every time, and it's like I just want my bucket of cola <laughs> yeah I feel like if anyone ever
0: runs into me in a movie theater they're gonna think <laughs> that I'm a terrible person because I'm the like yelling at my fiance because he also has choice paralysis yeah and I am like efficient 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 like get in and get out and he's like oh I don't know which ginger ale peach or lime or cherry and I'm like you've been in line for 25 minutes yeah. you couldn't have made a decision I know. Oh, I get so... I'm getting all worked up about it even now just talking about it. I'm not a terrible person, getting but heated. it's it's that context <laughs> that makes me terrible. Um, I haven't seen
1: a movie in the theater in a long time. Oh, you should go. It's great. Um, I saw the Lego movie at the recliner theater, mm. and that was delightful. But yeah, the tr- challenge is not to fall asleep. Um, what happened in my week?
0: I don't know. You I took a driving lesson. I did
1: take a driving lesson. So almost forgot. I was like, nothing happened. No, No. you did so good. On Monday, I had my first driving lesson. So I mentioned this in the last episode of the pod that I was going to begin in car driving lessons, which is something that I haven't done since I was in high school. And it went so good. There was a legit thunderstorm that night. Like, you were quite nervous about it. uh, We had all the weather on Monday. Yeah. Snow, rain, thunder. So literally, (laughs) literally, thunder and lightning is happening. And I somehow parallel park perfectly three times. And yet I have not been able to do that in, oh, I don't know, 16 years of testing. Like, will be fine. (gasps) Good first step forward. But the two things that were extremely validating. One, my instructor was like, because I was like telling him that I'm 100 and haven't been able to pass. And he's like, oh, that's fine. I'm like, oh, I hope I pass this time. And he's like, without missing a beat, super confidently, you will. I was like, okay. He's like, no. He's like, I can tell in the first five minutes. He's like, your driving is good. I was like, perfect. That <laughs> you should get one of those Winnipeg is good sweatshirts and just yeah. have
0: it say, my driving, my driving is, is good. good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I have the next one on next Monday. So I have four in total. So I will keep you updated. But I'll tell you, I did parallel parking, drove around, and did a three-point turn all successfully.
0: jen almost did a literal mic drop i almost did yeah i really wanted (laughs) to But you don't want to break our equipment no i did not
1: uh what do you want to talk about first
0: i guess we'll talk about paris first yeah
1: so that i felt was one of those moments in breaking news Mm -hmm. where
0: you really remember where you were it was incredible i have i still can't really come like it doesn't really make sense to me. You know what I mean? Like I'm having a hard time comprehending that Notre Dame Cathedral almost burnt to the ground. Yeah. So this happened on, was it Monday? It was Monday. Yeah. Monday.
1: Um, And everyone, no, we don't really need to recap what happened. There was a fire in the roof. Spire it collapsed. Spire collapsed. Um, I had, like, I was kind of following it as it was unfolding. Mm-hmm. So as soon as one of our colleagues mentioned that... Notre Dame was on fire I was like oh my god and I was kind of trying to search everything that I could and was watching all like the every like
0: live stream live stream yeah. I could find yeah and, like, all the tweets and
1: I had goosebumps like all day because it was one of those and I was actually surprised about my reaction to it it's really emotional it is and just but surprisingly so considering I'm not French and I'm not Catholic so it was yeah. kind of like a really interesting Response to it, but I have been there, yeah. and so I think it was just and just having the weight of the history. And if you've ever been to yeah. Notre Dame, you are struck by that, like the fact that the stones are like worn down mm-hmm. from the like there's a of lot of things there. to
0: appreciate about it beyond its religious importance. Absolutely,
1: like it is a 850 year old building. It's a landmark. It has survived. It took 200 years to construct. It has survived wars. It has survived plagues. It has survived the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. So to have it burn. And I saw a really great tweet. And um, I can't remember who said it. But I think it was really poignant. About the uh, why we're so affected by it. Mm-hmm. And she pointed out that it's because the Notre Dame is a symbol of resilience. Yeah. And to see resilience on fire. Yeah. Is such an allegory for our times. You yeah. know? Like it's yeah. so. Yeah. But it was also just really interesting to watch something unfold in real time and have a bunch of people experience it simultaneously, even though there's an ocean and several time zones difference. Yeah. And how everyone is kind of processing their grief and their feelings about it at the same time. Mm -hmm. That was really interesting to me Mm -hmm.
0: as well. Yeah.
1: And kind of weird. And I kind of, I think it makes like, and I already feel like I've moved on from it. It's Wednesday. Yeah. So I feel like there's like this weird accelerant on that process as well because yeah. of social media and how we
0: experience things. So it's just kind of like a weird, it's yeah, a weird thing. What I wanted to talk about was mm. the fact that, well, the French government has had already pledged to rebuild, reconstruct, do what they can to replicate. And of course. some of the uber wealthy folks in this world have pledged literal hundreds of millions of dollars to rebuild this cathedral. Yeah. It's crazy. It's nuts. And I mean, great. Rebuild. It's a very important piece of the history of Paris and history of the world. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if you had an extra 100 mil laying around that you can pledge to rebuild the structure. Just in case the Notre Dame burns down. Right. Like, why are you not using that $100 million to, uh, I don't know, build wells in Africa or to help northern reserves have clean drinking water or i don't know build proper housing in the slums of brazil like there's you know how much yeah. you can do with a hundred million dollars i
1: know it it and also the the timeline proposed by the french president yeah of rebuilding it in five years well it's super politically
0: motivated of, of course. course and also
1: like 2024 olympics yeah yeah um it just it was one of those things where you're just like
0: hmm yeah i was gonna say it like it warmed my heart that everyone like took their own personal money to invest in this thing but it also made me do a severe head tilt you know
1: because it really was interesting how many people's priorities were on display yeah you know what i mean totally so there are also there are also other churches including many american churches which obviously do not have the clout (laughs) well and the history right i mean it is kind of it's actually hard to wrap your mind especially if you've ever been there to wrap your mind around how old things are Mm. when you live in a country that is not even a fraction of how old it is yeah like our entire country is not even nearly as old as that church yeah um but there are churches in america right now who have been desecrated on purpose Mm mm-hmm not an accidental fire, but have been desecrated on purpose that have not had this kind of outpouring. Mm -hmm. So what I think would be an interesting challenge for people is if you were feeling a way about the Notre Dame to maybe be like, okay, I'm going to take those feelings and donate or do whatever if you can to something smaller, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of take those like Notre Dame seems like it's covered. Like it seems like it's going to be rebuilt. If you were channel those feelings that you felt on Monday and either donate to a different church or donate to a different cause or what like whatever you want Mm -hmm. but like you know harness those feelings and put them elsewhere
0: yeah i totally agree with that um i want to talk about
1: speaking of devastation (laughs) speaking of devastation um so a few years ago i don't know if you remember this there was a huge factory collapse in yes i do bangladesh yes 2013 april horrific almost 1200 people died right um many more were injured and it was kind of it was a factory where a lot of fast fashion brands used and it kind of was the wake-up call the world needed in terms of sustainable practices in fashion Mm -hmm. from that an organization called fashion revolution started and winnipeg is finally hosting some events as part of this next week so i did a big story for saturday's paper about it um so there's like a whole bunch of different events like the mending workshop, and there's like a fashion show, and, and there's like a swap, right? A, yeah, a yeah. huge two day clothing swap, like all kinds of things to kind of just get people thinking about making changes mm-hmm. to how they consume. And I wanted to bring this up. I did a story, so I've been thinking a lot about it, but just kind of thinking about like your own consumption habits mm-hmm. is really hard. And one of the things that I really admire about Fashion Revolution as an organization is that they don't really. They're not into boycotts, and they're not into singling out specific companies. Okay. And why I think that's good is because they point out that's not really an agent for change that people might think it is, because people still need to be employed on the back end. Right. People do still need to find employment in factories. What sparks change is advocating for transparency Mm -hmm. and better practices Mm -hmm. throughout the entire supply chain Mm -hmm. and I was kind of thinking about my own consumption habits and how easy it is to have such cognitive dissonance about that and be like oh for sure I will buy this $20 top but not think at all about why it's $20 or how it's $20 yep (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. so there's all these events happening in Winnipeg and if you're a not Winnipeg listener There's probably events happening around you, too, because it is a global thing. Right. But it is just good to think about. Because fast fashion, not only is there a huge human cost, landfills. So we're spending more on clothes. We're throwing out clothes at a rate that has never been seen before in history. Mm -hmm. And clothing, especially modern, cheaply made clothing, can't really break down because it's a blend with synthetic stuff. stuff, Yeah. So it's just... Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's, it's,
0: uh. I feel like it's kind of a catch 22 a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, well, right now, I, f- I feel like a terrible human yet again because I'm like in consumption mode because it's season changing. And whenever Absolutely. there's a season change, well, s- winter to spring, especially, I tend to like buy five or six new pieces and add them into my wardrobe. Absolutely. When I probably don't need to, but I want to. So I do it. Yeah, same. Um, and also, as someone who is plus size, plus size clothing is really. Friggin' expensive. Yes. To get high quality plus size clothing, you're probably paying twice, if not three times, as much as you would in a typical shop. So those fast fashion options, like my Forever Twenty Ones, your Old Navy's, yeah, those are like my only resources because I cannot afford yeah. to spend a hundred, a hundred and fifty dollars on one item of clothing. What's well, the thing? Most of the time,
1: there are many compelling reasons, and I think the reason why. The fast fashion economy is what it is, is because it's super accessible Mm -hmm. in terms of both price point, but also in terms of availability. Yes. Um, Most fast fashion places, even if you don't have a physical bricks and mortar retailer, they will ship to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also, and you made this point earlier, it allows people to participate in trends without...
0: Spending a lot of money on right. stuff that you won't necessarily wear season to season. You're right. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do on an environmental or no. moral standpoint, but it's what people like to do. And if you're poor, that's significant
1: because, well, yeah, if you're if you have a really restrictive budget, of course you're going to buy a twenty dollar sweater versus its one hundred and eighty dollar counterpart. Right. What I think happens is that because it's so cheap, people who might not necessarily need to take advantage of it from a like economic standpoint yeah
0: they just do because they it's cheaper you exactly can more for your
1: money yeah. so i think rethinking kind of habits and i did that a few years ago where i just kind of and it wasn't even conscious it's not like i said i'm gonna go on a shopping ban mm-hmm. but i made a conscious effort to only shop twice a year so in spring and fall mm-hmm. and really and a part of it was debt reduction um, and not order online as much right and it really made a big difference and it kind of forced me to kind of shop in my own closet and see what i already had Mm -hmm. and kind of make me assess you know what i actually have and the two women that i talked to one of them is the owner of shop take care in osborne village and another one is one of the organizers of all these events both of them independently i didn't interview them together they were like do a closet audit and look at what you have mm-hmm. and what you actually wear. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are also like seduced by trends and sales. Those are the two sales, things, right? Yeah. It's okay to sit out a trend and it's okay to spend zero dollars versus the deal that you're getting.
0: Well, yeah, that's something that I struggle. I struggle with the d- the deal mm-hmm. aspect of it. And when I go shopping, I have to consciously hold something up and be like, yes, this is buy one get one half off but do I need that second piece for half off exactly can I just buy the one and that's what happened when I went shopping this past weekend I bought a really cute pair of overalls and a dress and if there was like some deal if you bought this dress you get a certain percentage of the next one off and I stood at the till for like 30 seconds it's like do I really want something else and I was like you know what no I'm good I picked my two things and I'm good yeah and that can be really hard to
1: do but I think the more we kind of think about um where stuff comes from the human beings that make our clothes yes because they're not made by machines they are made by people um and also like what you actually need and what you have because i don't think the point is don't buy clothes like of course you're still gonna buy clothes but like think about where they are and the other thing i wanted to add before we move on is that if you do participate in past fashion for whatever reason like that is your choice um no shame in our game but fashion revolution's website mm-hmm. has a transparency index so you can actually look at the brands that you like and see how they kind of measure up in terms of like economic impact impact and like environmental footprint and you can kind of decide for yourself okay what are priorities for me and what are what are not mm-hmm. so it's kind of just a way to make a little bit more of a empowered and informed choice mm-hmm. which is also good <laughs>
0: <laughs> boy band. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this very, very quickly because I think we're running a little bit longer than usual. Never we're fine. Okay. Um. So BTS is a is a South Korean boy band. There's seven members. Yes. They're probably the biggest band in the world right now. They He's have like league. millions and millions and millions of followers. They're huge in Asia. They're now they're kind of just breaking into North America. They've been on the late night talk show circuit. They just released a new album, and I've been kind of. As a music writer, I'm like, I feel like I should know something about these guys just to be educated on it. And I have fully gone down the wormhole, like fully <laughs> and completely. Like, I have no shame in saying that I love pop music. I always have. Backstreet Boys love were my music. jam. Loved One Direction. Like, I, used just... to,
1: I used to not. I used to be very raucous about it, but...
0: Oh, no. I am. I've come around. Give me a catchy bridge and a chorus with some choreography, and I am in it. So this band, there's seven of them. Three of them are rappers, I think, or maybe four. Sorry, don't yell at me, BTS fans. Um, I don't know, I can't tell them apart. I don't know what their names are. I mean, I know what their names are, but I don't know who's who. And their choreography is bananas. Like some of them are professionally trained, classically trained dancers. Oh and wow. then there's the rappers who are like underground rappers and they got a bunch of flack for like joining this band. So I've been doing a lot of research. I can tell. <laughs> An AMA on this boy band. Pretty much, yeah. And so they sing and they rap and they do, sometimes they throw like English lyrics in there, even though only one of them speaks English fluently. And I'm just very impressed by them. And I read that they write all their own songs and they produce a lot of their stuff. I'm just like, I'm back on the boy band train and I feel like everyone should watch their music videos because they're excellent and very fun. Now that my boy band rant is complete, um, we'll be back in the last segment with Uh, Ben McPhee Sigurdsson the wine and drinks I guess and books yes guy at the paper all the
1: highbrow stuff (laughs) yeah
0: all the fancy stuff um he will be returning for yet another segment of the budget one of the month club so uh, when we come back after this short break we will be here with Ben and we're back with Ben welcome back to the pod Hi, thanks for having me. We're thanks doing me um another segment of our budget one of the month club.
2: Yes. we are excited sound more excited um
0: ben has brought to us a beautiful looking rosé i
2: know right it's uh it's a it's it's sort of getting to be rosé season i mean you can drink them all year round but but there's a a larger selection of them coming into the market now because you know it's springtime the weather's getting nicer exactly and finally this is a lovely looking one i uh, i picked it up at uh it's available at liquor mart's it's um the it's from spain the Baluarte uh, Rosado, 2016 vintage. Um, for those of you keeping track out there, <laughs> it's from the. <laughs> <Navarra>. <laughs> Why did I laugh like that? That was so weird. Uh, it's, from the <laughs> it's from the navarra region of Spain, which is sort of like near uh, France, up near the north, uh, in the north there. And uh, it's regular 1549, and uh, r- <laughs> it's on sale until thir- until April 28th for 1394. So it sort of just slides in under that price point that yes. uh, we like to go for. In fact, I was gonna review this one. I was saying earlier for the for my uncorked stuff, and I had two bottles of rosé, and one was twelve twenty six, I think. The other one was in price, and I opened that one by accident. I was gonna bring that one to this. So you I have see more bang for your buck.
1: I love the color of it. The label is also mm-hmm, adorable.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a nice clear sort of clear um, like non-colored um, bottle, and so you get this beautiful sort of orangey peachy pink kind of color and then yeah the nice flowers on the label and stuff like that I, like if you
1: were line. one who shops based on label mm-hmm. this is also a good totally signature. and i
2: was i was doing a little bit of research before i came on here and it is a line that they developed this winery developed um uh, meant to sort of like be fun fresh easygoing but also visually appealing and all this kind of stuff so because you know as much as people are like oh you shouldn't judge a wine by its label and stuff like that people do it all the time i do it all the time i half of the reason i bought this is because it looked nice so
0: plus like if you have a slew of social media influencers who you've hired to rep your brand they're gonna be posting beautiful pictures of this bottle exactly and it's all about the gram
2: six or seven hashtags yeah
0: but it, like, it honestly is yeah. really, really yeah, beautiful. Yeah, no, it's
2: nice. It's very nice. So um, we should probably try it. All I'm it. thinking
0: about is, like, I have a wedding shower coming up, and I'm like, oh, how pretty would those be on mm-hmm, the tables mm-hmm, for a wedding mm-hmm. shower?
2: Well, it's regular 15.49. so if you do decide to go for it until April 28th, its 13.94. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it is made from the Grenache, Garnacha grape, which is the same as Grenache, which makes sense because they make lots of that stuff in southern France as well, um, and it's just sort of across the border from France. Uh, so let's just uh, give it the old try.
0: That's Ben's favorite part is <laughs> yeah, the cracking effect. of the bottle.
1: More sound effects. Jen's just like a Foley artist I'm over here. I'm just a regular Foley artist <laughs> over here. Have we ever discussed how rosés get their color?
0: No. I feel like Does that mean you don't want to discuss no. it? <laughs> no, no, no.
2: I don't think we've ever done a rosé on here before. Um, well, yeah, they're typically made from, well, red grapes um, with um, uh, usually who's uh, the, the the skins stay in contact with the juices for less of a period of time um, before the juice is drained off and then um, f- uh, things start fermenting. It's usually made in more of a white wine style with red, red wine grapes. Um, and so yeah, you just pull the the juice out of the tanks. I don't know after however long. I think it's like 24, 48 hours kind of thing mm. just for it to get a little bit of color and maybe sometimes you get a little bit of um, a little bit of tannin from the um, from from the skins and stuff as well, but not not typically too much. And then you make it more like a white wine uh, in style, like this stainless steel fermentation. Don't need oak aging and stuff for this. This really. smells so good.
0: I actually get a hint mm. of coconut. Does anyone else smell coconut?
2: I did I did this, didn't I do this last last month where I sm- smelled the microphone? Yeah, you did. I did, I just did, it, did again. it again. Yeah, yeah. I
0: don't know. I get
2: like sunscreen yeah, yeah 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 i could see that like and like some sort of like it smells like a, summer very f- like uh, it makes sense that there's flowers on the label because it's got yeah. a total floral note. As a matter of fact, now that I'm thinking about this wine a little bit more and I'm looking at the label, it's got like, it's got flowers all over it, but it's also got like a strawberry on it and it's got some other kind of fruit on it as well. So it's probably supposed to be somewhat indicative of what you might pick up on the wine, but also I it just re- looks really nice. I
1: find rosés often s- have the same um, notes as whites to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. This one, I it smells like red wine to me.
2: Okay. Yeah. You know, I sort of... I mean, it's got some of that sort of florally sort of pear and peach kind of thing, but also like more sort of red berries. Yeah, there's like a raspberry cherry sort of Mm -hmm. strawberry candy almost.
0: I often enjoy rosés and I enjoy this very much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
2: so it's got...
1: That's a good one. Yeah.
2: It doesn't have... um, It's 12.5% alcohol, so it's fermented dry. It, does have a, it retains a little bit of, like, fruit sweetness versus, like, sugar sweetness. Very like ripe, strawberry. Ripeness. Yeah, ripe red berries. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, very strawberry. Yeah. Yeah. The, the longer I sit here and talk, the more I can sort of, like, taste it on the back of my palate or whatever. That's pretty nice. It's um, w- a
1: lovely color, too. Yay. I yeah. actually don't like rosés that are too red because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I find they look a little bit too much like cough medicine. And... And sometimes color can make a difference, right, in terms of things being appetizing and appealing.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think with rosés, that's definitely a thing. I mean, like, the darker rosés that you see out there tend to be a little bit sweeter, a little bit heavier, a little bit more cloying, a little bit made more in that commercial style. This is a little bit... It sort of walks a fine line between, you know, having some, some really interesting character but also being really fresh and fun and approachable versus, like, heavy, yeah, cherry cough medicine sort of, you know, that some of those, like, richer darker roses have
0: yeah this is a really wonderful spring mm-hmm. spring wine if anyone has easter brunches coming up this weekend totally, this would be perfect totally
2: warm weather and yeah. or easter foods going on you could even i mean it would work with an easter dinner too i mean ham is sort of a weird yeah, one to yeah. to pair with but like just generally speaking but you know there's a little bit of typically when people make their Easter hams or whatever, they are like glazed. And this I isn't th- super sweet. This is really no. nice. And it's got a little bit of acidity to it, which would cut through some of that sort of like the the sweetness and the sort of fattiness or whatever too. I, I think this would be actually a great wine to serve with Easter dinner.
1: Absolutely. Um I was gonna just say my in-laws, and I don't know if this is revealing a secret, but their ham recipe is so good, and the secret is seven up.
2: Seven up. Mm-hmm so good really so good but yeah that would be awesome with like it. a 7-up glaze mm-hmm.
1: hmm. well 7-up and other things but 7-up is the the dominant thing that is so, so good. interesting yeah so like good. do
2: you have to make it go flat i don't know or you just crack her open and just dump yeah. it on them? aaron
0: aaron aaron's nodding vigorously yeah yeah no you definitely don't have to wait for it to go flat because the um, carbonation doesn't really affect like mm-hmm. a meat cooking time and if you're making like crepes Or anything of that variety, a lot of times people throw in a little bit of soda water Mm. as like a secret ingredient Mm because it makes it really, really fluffy. Like not fluffy, but like light and Mm. easy to to uh, handle.
2: Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning before I forget that um, one of the reasons I thought Spain is because the Winnipeg Wine Festival is coming up uh when may First 3rd and 4th yeah
0: for my birthday weekend Ooh, nice what 30th b day is your may 4th nice. star wars day
2: oh no um <laughs> <laughs> no i don't mean that I, I i i like star wars plenty but you probably have heard that so many i times. have yes anyway um so spain <laughs> is a theme region for the winnipeg wine Festival this year. um the public tastings are like may 3rd and 4th at the rbc convention center and there's events leading up the whole week in advance including a couple spanish themed ones i think or whatever but there'll be a great like the public tastings they'll have like a whole row all of just spanish wines there'll be lots of like um you know nice sort of tempranillos nice rustic reds some rosés some nice crisp whites and cava which is like one of my favorite things of all time so
0: so just to recap can you just say the name of this wine one more time yes
2: sorry yeah bell baluarte b-a-l-u-a-r-t-e baluarte um, it's a Rosato 2016 Rosado from the Navarra region of Spain. And uh yeah, regular 15.49 on for 13.94 until April 28th
0: at Liquor Mart's. At Liquor Marts. Okay.
2: And private Wine Stores I guess okay. if they decide to carry it.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much, Ben. Always My a pleasure.
2: pleasure. I'll start thinking about next month already. Any ideas? Uh May long weekend?
0: Yeah, something good for May long, maybe something like cheap and cheerful. Yeah. For May long?
2: Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool.
0: Cool. Thanks, Ben.
2: Thank you.
1: You can find everything that we've written at winnipegfreepress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen's Ready on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And I'm at Nairabal on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at the Lead at winnipegfreepress.com. I'm away next week, so we will not be doing a pod. But then the following week, it's my 30th birthday week, so we'll be definitely doing a pod that week. <laughs>